Hi, I'm Paul Chitlick, writer from the new Twilight Zone and the author of Rewrite, How to Strengthen Structure, Characters, and Drama in Your Screenplay, and this is Genretainment. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Genretainment at SciFiPulseRadio.com. We're your hosts, Marks. And Julie. Genretainment is where we talk about what's happening in the world of film, TV, and web series. We give you interviews with writers, directors, producers, and actors in both independent and not-so-independent creations. Now, this is episode 111, 111. It means something. It, it, it must. And we're <laughs> chatting with writer and critic John Kenneth Muir. He's an award-winning author of over 27 books in the fields of film and television, with a focus on horror and science fiction. John is also the creator of the award-nominated web series The House Between, and John's blog, Reflections on Film and TV, was named one of the top 100 film study blogs on the net. In 2010, John also appeared in the documentary Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue. Now, John's been a guest on the show before, but today we are talking about his book, The X-Files FAQ and the Return of the X-Files to Television. Yay! Mm. It is a great walk down memory lane about the show and its spinoffs, but before we get started with this interview, we would like to point out that the music you just heard at the beginning of the show was a snippet from the theme song for our web series, Reality on Demand. It's a song composed and performed by our friend T. Sean Hardy. And you can find our web series at realityondemandseries.com. Now let's get started with our interview with John Kenneth Muir. Today we're talking with award-winning author of over 27 books in the fields of film and television, including... The X-Files FAQ, all that's left to know about global conspiracy, aliens, Lazarus species, and monsters of the week. Thanks for being on here, John. Thank you for having me back on the show. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> now, the reason why we're talking about this book and the X-Files is because the X-Files is returning. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, and returning. <laughs> it's a Lazarus species. <laughs> <laughs> the X-Files is both awesome and returning, and it is a Lazarus. Lazarus species. Woohoo! <laughs> We're rusty on X-Files a little bit. What's a Lazarus species? Oh, a Lazarus species. Well, a Lazarus species, uh, and that, that I didn't make that up or anything, because I, I got some review that said, oh, like, what's with this Lazarus species thing that this guy's making up? So, no, no, I didn't make up. That's what they call a species that existed at some point in the history of the Earth and was believed to have been dead, but then it came back. Oh, and... like that thing that got in the Arctic? Yes, they're but like. They said you may not be who you are. Oh, yes, boom! I remembered. Yes, that was the episode Ice, and there was one where they went to the Pacific Northwest, and loggers were cutting down trees, oh, and like God. bugs, flesh-eating bugs, prehistoric bugs came out. And wasn't There's... there a mushroom too? Yes, yes, there was. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The fungus, the the, yeah. the hallucinogenic was... fungus. These are like that was wacky. It was the <laughs> species that you thought were dead and gone. But then, like, get a second chance at life. And it, and it, it's, All right. Ice it's was thing. awesome. Oh, my God. That was That's so a great cool. episode. That's such an awesome episode. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording this before the premiere. By the time people hear this, it'll probably be right after the premiere, soon after. Okay, so, so gosh, everyone, I hope you really love the show. <laughs> that was great. So we're going to we're gonna rate the show right now. How many stars? <laughs> I give it 10, just for being a Lazarus species. We, we don't even need to see it. <laughs> we know it's going to be good. 
So before we get too, too deep into X-Files, uh, John, can you just elaborate a little bit more about some of the other books you've written and, uh, and why you decided to write X-Files? Well, um, I've written a lot of books, like you said, about film and television. And I guess a good percentage of those are about TV series that I've enjoyed over the years. And The X-Files, for me, has been uh, a real sort of passion for me. I mean, I guess you'd say I'm a fan first. I, I watched the show in its original run, thanks to my wife. She she convinced me to watch it because I thought it was going to be some dumb tabloid show. And, <laughs> uh, she, you know, she, she, she drew me in. Uh, the Wives first... know best. Just they do. Know. There, there's no doubt. As I say, she turned me on to Buffy and the X-Files. So. A good woman. Yes, yeah. yeah, she's a very good woman. Absolutely. You know, and I felt that it would be good to write about the X-Files because the X-Files was such a, a phenomenon in the 90s. And, I mean, there were dozens, if not more, books written about it at the time, but none of those books sort of had the vantage point uh, of history uh, on their side. So, you know, I'm, I'm writing, you know, say in you know, 2014, 2015 about a show that started in 1993 and went off the air in 2002. And so I, I, I felt like I could really um, tell the whole story, you know, get the big picture, like what was, what, what's its meaning historically? You know, I feel like only now are we seeing that you know, it had this great um, writer's room. You know, Vince Gilligan, who did Breaking Bad, wrote on the show. Frank Spotnitz, Man in the High Castle. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Howard Gordon, who did Homeland. I mean, you, you go now we can see mm -hmm. the X-Files wasn't only a great show, but it was like, you know, it was like the cradle for the generation of TV we're watching right now. So I felt like it was a really good time to write about my love for the X-Files. Yay! <laughs> now that's returning, that means you'll you'll get to write a second edition. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Now there's a whole new chapter to write about. Absolutely. First off, let's talk a little bit about how your book is formatted. So yeah. it's part of your FAQ series. So what's that mean, first off, and then and then how is it structured? Absolutely. You know, the the structure of the FAQ series uh sort of dictates how the books look. And this is the second one I've written, but there are tons of them out there. There's a Star Wars FAQ, there's a Star Trek. FAQ, Walking Dead. I think there's a Dracula one now. There's a Seinfeld one. I mean, they're just like apocalypse movies. There's tons and tons of them. And <laughs> the, the, the way they're structured is that you have sort of, you, you know you have to have a foreword by somebody who knows about the subject. And I was very fortunate that Chris Carter wrote the foreword for my book. Yay! Wow. Hey, I love Chris Carter. And um, then, you know, you're going to have like sort of 30 chapters that look at the, this, um, whatever the subject of your book is, uh, from a variety of different angles. So I knew that there was going to be more than 30 chapters, so I figured, you know, how do I break it up? And I don't actually review every single episode because there's like, what, 201, 202 episodes? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so I, I thought, well, I'm going to kind of like group them, you know, that I, I'm going to like look at the seasons overall, the nine seasons, and do chapters on them, and then I'm going to sort of group um, the episodes by what they're about, because there really are like you know a, a series of uh, of things that you return to on the X Files. You have like the serial killer episodes. Mm -hmm. You have the paranormal episodes, like about astral projection or out of body experiences. You have the conspiracy or myth arc episodes. You've got the monster of the week episodes. You you even have Lazarus species, and we were joking about it, but those are like uh, species that once existed on Earth and are coming back. And, and there are actually a number of shows like that. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, so I was able to see that and like, then do things that I thought were really neat. And that's the stuff I like to write, like the view of religion in the X-Files or, 
the view of like politics or Americana in the X-Files or like issues like ethnocentrism. Now I know some fans might not be interested, but for me, that's what's really cool is you sort of like look at the whole show and then see, Oh, look, they did like a couple shows about like, you know, intercultural stuff like, um, El Mundo Gira and, uh, Excelsius DA and things like that. And it's, so it was cool to sort of like organize the material and then like, synthesize out of it like what the x-files is saying about our world so that that's sort of how the format helped me i guess you'd say and speaking of lazarus species and shows coming back i mean we we have like heroes are born came back twin peaks is coming back yes i'm so excited (laughs) mystery science theater 3000 oh Oh, yeah lost in space star trek you name it yeah 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 it's crazy it is crazy. <laughs> X-Files is just one of many Lazarus species television shows. Well, I think we live in a, uh, you know, maybe a new golden age or something like that. You think about it, the way television is structured now, I think people have finally realized there's no reason that the series that people loved and then, you know, were unceremoniously ditched or canceled, what have you, there's no reason they can't come back now. TV is such a different ball game. Yeah. than it was uh, when the X-Files aired originally. You I know, think there's a lot of 90s nostalgia, too, because I know we were talking about 90s were just like a really good period. Like the economy was good and, and everything was going really well. And so, right. you know, people were getting kind of nostalgic for, gosh, there was a period of time where things didn't suck quite as much. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. That, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the peace and prosperity of the 90s is much missed. We've if you catalog all the horrible things that have happened, you know, since 9-11, you know, we've had the Enron recession, you know, the 2008 recession, Hurricane Katrina, the Iraq war. I mean, just bad. Basically, bad. it was like our roaring 20s. Right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I mean, really. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more with you about that. And the thing that I really love about the X-Files is that I feel like it was of its time, you know, that it reflects the 90s. But it was also prophetic in the sense that um, we saw, you know, Chris Carter was kind of telling us with Millennium and X-Files that, like, the good times won't last forever. There are sort of dark undercurrents in the world and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, he was really right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the good times don't last forever. So, uh-uh. right. We should have listened to Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. We should have listened to Mulder and Frank Black and Scully and all the... You know, all the great Chris Carter heroes from the 90s. So. They tried to warn us. <laughs> all right, well, let's start talking about some specific questions or what we like or don't like from X-Files. Yeah. Um, so the only conspiracy is, is the grander mythology. The overall arching. Right, the, the myth arc, right. Yes. Yeah. Do you think they'll ever solve that? <laughs> <laughs> or, we, or, or do you defeated. think it's like a... I, I'm confused about really what it is at this point, I think. Well, I, I, that, that's an interesting point. I think that the myth arc is, is broken down sort of into components, if you think about it. When I went back and watched the show, you know, I don't know that I realized it on the first run, but um, the, the original alien myth arc sort of comes to a kind of conclusion uh, with the destruction of the syndicate in the sixth season of the X-Files, and then it branches off in another direction. Yeah. Uh, that was the where they started to introduce super soldiers and Mulder and Scully's child, um, uh, William, and the, the, sort of the discovery of that alien ship on the beach in South Africa that had these strange sort of qualities that were sort of quasi-biblical. Um, you know, I think that it, the the myth arc changes a little bit, but I think the whole point so far has mm-hmm. has been to guide us 
towards this idea of um, alien colonization. I think that's the that's the overall arc of the myth arc, if that is the terrible way to say so it. So we're but, screwed. <laughs> right. right. Falling but, Skies yeah. is, the, is the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but the you know the but now 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 what the I guess the new X Files has to deal with is that the the colonization was actually supposed to happen in 2012, like it was in the Mayan calendar, oh. the end of the world, but that's when it was supposed to occur, but it didn't. So you have to wonder what's going on that um, alien colonization didn't occur. And colonization is like a euphemism because we found out late in the X-Files run that we're not just going to be slave labor to this, these aliens as the conspiracy believed. We're, we're like they're digest, like they, they like breed inside of us and like liquefy our organs and then burst out of us. Uh, so it's like they, they use us as uh, like digestives or something. So incubators. It's, yeah, we're like incubators. That's perfect. Yeah, we're incubators for them. So, so that that's sort of what the myth arc is all about, that these aliens who were, according to the first X-Files movies, actually the original inhabitants of the planet Earth, are coming back and they're linked with these people in our government and other governments around the world to prepare for their arrival. And, and so the mechanisms of government like FEMA and things like that are being used to prepare for that colonization or in, invasion, whatever you want to call it. But, we, but like I said, we di it didn't happen in 2012. So uh, the new X-Files, I assume, will we'll deal with that. Maybe that was maybe the date was disinformation like so much it often is in the show. So. Okay, and then the other thing, and this is a sticky point for me. It bugs me. Mulder okay. and Scully's baby. Marx is laughing because I go off on a tangent. <laughs> Mulder and Scully's baby. Now, I don't understand how aliens can be involved in such an intricate, just like... Conspiracy. Conspiracy, yet... Apparently, the paperwork and bureaucracy of American adoption is going to be too much for them. <laughs> That's how good it is, apparently. Like, like oh, somehow they won't be able to find this kid just because he was adopted. Like, they can find anyone anywhere. You can try to take out your implant, hide anywhere, and they can suck you into the air. But they can't find this baby. Well, I I mean, I think, I, I think you're probably on the right track. What you'd have to assume, and, uh, you know, I'd have to go back and look exactly at the details, but um, I guess, I mean, if it was off the books and if it was somebody that they didn't know and was done through a series of sort of, uh, you know, uh, double blinds, you know, I mean, I guess it's possible. I mean, it, you're right. At some point, they they probably would find the baby if that was the goal. On the other hand, you know, and maybe it'll take, you know, maybe it will have taken the 15 years since William, we last saw William Fenton to find him now and Scully and Mulder have to protect him or, or maybe he has died. You know, the, the key is this, is that the, we don't know exactly um, what the aliens want. Maybe they've been monitoring William. Have they determined that William is going to be the one who stops them or going to be the one who destroys the human race? So they may have no need to stop mm -hmm. William. They may be monitoring him. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I get I get your point, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I want someone to make it make sense to me. It's, it's bugged me all these years. <laughs> I, I think we have to assume that Scully wouldn't do anything on the books. Uh, it would it would be somebody, um, you know, that that she doesn't have any continuing, you know, connection to, uh, which may be why it's so tragic for her is that she's not just letting go and can go back and see the baby. She's like, you know, basically saying. You know, these are people I don't know. I'm, you know, I, I'm totally out of this baby's life. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe yeah. they'll clear that up. They may. I, I've seen some 
clips of the new show which don't bode well for William, but I don't want to say any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think about them splitting up Mulder and Scully? Because that's, that's given away in the trailers. Well, I think that it's very smart to split them up because you can always get them back together. Um, the You know, there's the old, um, you know, I, I guess it's a... Uh, the old story in television, of course, is that if you have a show that's predicated a great deal on the chemistry between two characters and two actors, you can't really uh, consummate it or make them uh, stay together for too long or the show sort of loses its appeal. We, we apparently love to watch people dance around each other, but as soon as they actually get together, we're done. It's over. So mm-hmm. it's like it's like the moonlighting effect, I guess you'd mm-hmm. call it. Well, X Files was like the longest foreplay ever. <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> absolutely. You know, moonlighting with Bruce Willis and the Sybil Shepherd in the eighties. I mean, yeah. they, those characters got together, and the show went straight into the toilet. I mean, mm-hmm. went straight into the toilet. So I think they feel like you know Mulder and Scully. We you know I guess they've been together since two. They were together from two thousand and two to you know two thousand thirteen, fourteen, something like that. That's a that's a good run. It makes sense that they might have run across some difficulties at that point, but there's nothing precluding them from, you know, getting back together. And I think we need to see them, uh, sort of get back to, um, that sort of dance around each other again. It's it's more fun to watch them find each other. It helps create a little more friction in their relationship. It it gives the writer something to do. It allows them to be a little more acerbic with each other. Although, (laughs) you know, if you're married, you can be plenty acerbic. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Are we ever... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I don't know what he's talking about. I, I was thinking about my wife and me. I was like, oh, we have, we have, we have no problem still, you know, giving zingers to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, it gets easier of, over time, to be honest. Right, exactly. But I don't know. But maybe they thought a married Mulder and Scully wouldn't be as inherently interesting as a Mulder and Scully, as you said, trying to find each other again. As long as they let them find each other again, I guess I'll be okay. I think they will. I think it's in the stars. Let's talk a little bit about a couple of characters that almost replaced Mulder and Scully. It didn't quite yeah, work Doggett out. Yeah, Doggett and Reyes. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm in the minority, I guess. Because I liked them. I, I love them. I thought yeah. they were great. I thought they did a great job introducing them both. To uh-huh. me, they're, they're welcome and wonderful characters in the X-Files universe. And, and more than that is that, you know, if you think about it, it, it X-Files was like, you know, I always say it's like the Star Trek of the 90s. It was this right. Piece. I don't know why they didn't do an X-Files Next Generation with these two. Well, exactly. You know, it, it, if we want to have a Next Generation, because at some point David Duchovny and Julian Anderson will not be continuing to do their, their roles. And at some point you have to say the X-Files is bigger than just these two characters and these two people. It's got a whole universe around it. We need to be able to go to the next generation. I mean, you know, Star Trek did it. Star Wars has done it. Um, you, you sort of have to be able to do that if you want the, the show to sort of become this cultural myth that lasts beyond one generation. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the X-Files can absolutely last into the next generation and be that. So I, I think they did the right thing, adding um, Doggett and, and Reyes. Yeah. I remember there was this, this episode. It was early on with those two. And it's like it solidified them. They ended up standing shoulder to shoulder against their assistant director. Right. And I, I was just like, oh, to me, it just clicked in that moment. I'm like, they're the next generation. And I, I would have actually liked it better if they could have just wrapped up the Mulder and Scully, you know, as much as I loved them, but having one and not the other wasn't working for me. 
and then just wrap that up and then start off with these two because I, I really I liked them. I, I agree with you. I, I think they could commission a dog and write a series right now or, or two other characters that they develop with as much care and really really continue the X-Files. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, and, the, and the fans who get upset about that, I say, well, you know, I get it because I remember, I'm old enough to remember when people were very upset about Star Trek The Next Generation. You know, a, yeah. bald, a bald British captain playing a Frenchman? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but I love Jean-Luc Picard so absolutely. much. <laughs> An android in white mime makeup replacing Spock? You know, what? Yeah. Crazy, you know? And now people love The Next Generation, you know, because they want more Star Trek. And, and what we can see now after all these years was that The Next Generation was a great vehicle for the Star Trek universe. So it's like, you know, you want the X-Files to have that vehicle to take it to that spot, too. And, I mean, I, I hope they will. I, I love particularly the eighth season, the eighth season where they introduced um, Dog. I thought they did a great job with the introduction of that character. Yeah. I love Reyes as well. I don't think somehow she got as strong a season because I think they knew at some point that the X-Files was wrapping up in the ninth season. I want to know more about her. I mean, I love her character. And I, mm -hmm. I love the episode where she found out she was sort of stuck in this sort of reincarnation loop. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one, but it's like in, in every, in every, she's like born and reborn in every life. Like she fails miserably to solve some like horrible mystery where people are skinned alive. Oh. And, and then in this life she solves it. But like the episode ends, like with you think the loop is going to start over again. So I, I, I mean, I thought she was a really neat character. I loved her. I, I love Annabeth Gish. I, you know, I'm, I'm so I'm happy she's in the revival. So. Yay. Absolutely. So, in the X Files universe of sorts, I guess Millennium was a sort of spinoff and kind of looped back and tied back into. Yeah, X -Files. you were more into Millennium than I was. <clears throat> yeah. What do you think about how they ended Millennium? Well, I absolutely love Millennium, and my deepest <laughs> hope here with the X-Files is not just that the X-Files uh, gets to come back for, you know, limited runs, you know, every year, you know, for at least several years, but that somehow someone will take a look about bringing Millennium back, at least for a TV movie, to wrap up some aspects of it. You know, Millennium changed a lot, the three seasons it was on. You know, the, the, the first year, the Millennium group was sort of friendly. The second year, it was, it was outed more as a cult. And the third year, it was downright sinister. And I think that it's still possible to do those sort of Millennium stories, even though we've left the 20th century, so to speak, because all there are all these cults out there that are constantly, you know, predicting doomsday. I mean, we just had the one in 2012 where the world was supposed to end. It yeah. wouldn't be hard, you know, it wouldn't be hard to say, well, okay, the Millennium Group is back because they realized, you know, the next doomsday is in 10 years or something. So <laughs> they got the calendar wrong. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, shows have been predicated on less than that. I, I loved <laughs> Millennium. I, I, I thought Millennium was really, you know, sort of pure genius. I mean, it was so dark, but also so artistic and. You know the the the, um, the imagery of uh, Frank Black's yellow house and what it meant to him. I, I thought it was a beautiful show, but I understand why some people couldn't sort of have buy-in in it at that point because it was very dark. But I think now it's like it's. I mean, geez, you look at The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. <laughs> like it's like Millennium's a walk in the park compared to those. Things. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Millennium may have been like the edge of the darkness as far as TV shows that I. I think so. It was pretty dark. It was pretty, pretty dark. Pretty I, I'm not. A, I don't like Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. So. <laughs> well, you uh, just give me the title for my next book, Millennium: Edge of Darkness. I like that. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, that's the edge of the darkness that I can handle. I think. Um, I, 
know. Well, I, that I, stuff's I, just too depressing. Yeah, so, I can't watch. So, and I have to say, and I didn't watch all the tell at the very end of Millennium. I, I don't think, at least. But Frank Black does appear in X Files. So, mm-hmm. you know, how's that? How did it all sync up? Do you remember? Oh, oh, the the um, yes, there was an episode titled Millennium in the seventh season yeah. of X Files, where you found out sort of what the Millennium Group was up to. And I mean, they were trying to basically engineer doomsday so that they, they could they could then control, I guess, you know, the end of the world and sort of what came after it and what kind of position they were in the new world order, so to speak. That episode is very controversial among Millennium fans because it, sh- it shows why Frank was picked by the Millennium Group and what fate they had intended for him. And it involves actually a necromancer and zombies and the FBI and Mulder and Scully. And I think some people who were really into Millennium didn't like that a show that wasn't really based on the supernatural, it was based more on the evil in humanity than on the evil outside humanity, that it ended sort of with a sort of supernatural type story with these zombies and such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the I, I happen to like the episode quite a bit. I mean, because it was an X-Files episode, you know, and that's why yeah. when, when folks say, oh, I don't like that, it didn't seem like, like Millennium. I said, well, they were trying to finished millennium but it, it was also an x-files episode so you had to have a little bit of both in there um to, to me it works just fine but i don't think it has to be the the end i think that frank black still has plenty of more stories you know his daughter would be grown up now at this point mm-hmm. um and she shared his uh his insight um which some people saw as psychic some people just saw it as being extremely sensitive you know it'd be very interesting to have lance henriksen and Frank Black and his daughter at this point and, and encounter them now and what's happening with them, you know, to find out. And I, there was a comic, the, you know, there, there's recent IDW Millennium comic, uh, like last year talking about this, like that the Millennium group wants to get its hands on Frank's daughter now. I mean, that would be a great hook for a series, I think, or, you know, or a TV movie. I mean, I, I would just or like, a miniseries. Yeah. Or a miniseries, six episodes, whatever, what have you. So I, I would love to see Millennium come back in some form. And I hope that the X-Files, uh, you know, gives us a, a resurgence of, Chris Carter material. I would love that. Yeah, it was interesting choices by Carter to do this Millennium spinoff, which kind of was less paranormal and, and much darker in tone. And then another spinoff, Lone Gunman, which was more comedic in tone mm-hmm. and also didn't seem to have uh, all the same supernatural elements. I, I liked the Lone Gunman show. Yeah. What, what do you think? And it, well, we know what happened to the Lone Gunman. Uh, <laughs> that, that's the only thing I really, really, truly dislike. I thought it, so it was too out of character for what they brought to the show. Yeah, because they canceled the show and then Lone Gunman appeared, kind of like Frank Black, appeared again on uh, Only X-Files. to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, and it's, to me, that just didn't make sense. You know, it's funny you mention that because... I, you know, if so I think someone asked me in an interview, like, if you could bring any character back from the X-Files, for, on the X-Files, well, I want the lone gunman, obviously. You know? they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're so funny. It just, it, it does, I mean, I understand why they did it, because there was like, it would be like the last thing you expect that they would be killed because they're so light and comedic. But, but it just seems so awful and unfair that, that they would. I just thought Chris Carter did it because he's pissed that it got canceled. <laughs> I mean, that really was what I thought. And it, it made me mad because I was like, that is not, it just didn't seem like it was in the spirit of the Long Gunman. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think the la- very last episode of The X-Files, in it, you know, Mulder is put on trial and sort of his case is where he puts together all the evidence he's accumulated over nine years. And he's sort of surrounded by ghosts. It's like he's survived, but his 
his quest has taken all these lives. So I mm -hmm. think that dramatically there may have been a reason. You know, he encounters like the three lone gunmen as ghosts, uh, and he he encounters uh, Deep Throat who has died. He he encounters um, I, I think even um, Col uh, God, I say Kolchak. That is not Krychek. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Kolchak. Oh yeah, I loved Krychek. Completely. He encounters Krychek, who's also dead at that point. So I think part of the artistry of that final episode was this idea that, you know, Mulder's quest, you know, here he is, but so many people along the way have been killed as, you know, during... His during fodder, during his... Yeah. Right, exactly. So, you know, I can see the dramatic reason for it, but, like, overall, it's just like, man, it, to me, that's just a bad idea, because you, you never want the X-Files to lose that voice of the lone gunman, you know? Mm -hmm. It's always nice to have that comedic balance it is. there. It's just a relief. It breaks things up a bit. Mm -hmm. well, speaking of someone who also died, supposedly, and apparently if the trailers can be trusted to not, apparently Smoky Man is going to return. The cigarette smoking man may return? Or Cancer Man or whatever. His, cancer Man. Whatever nickname you want to call him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He was the Cancer Man until the alien cured his cancer and then he became cigarette smoking. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> William B. Davis, his character. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one I'm very curious about. I mean, I think there are multiple sort of in-world explanations for how the cigarette-smoking man could be alive. I mean, we've seen shapeshifters. We've seen super soldiers. Uh, we've seen all those things. But we also sort of definitively saw him die. I mean, like a missile hit him and blew him apart. So, <laughs> so I will be very curious to see how they do that. But again, I, you know, I don't think a it's just... A clone. I'm calling yes. it now. Right, a high, or a hybrid or something. Yes. And we, you know, we do know before... Uh, the X Files ended that he was he took that alien DNA that material into himself and and that he was again that he thought he was dying from it so you know may, maybe it gave him some sort of regenerative ability so I, I I don't think they've jumped the shark on bringing him back and again he's sort of like one of those symbols you have to have in the X Files yeah and if it. I see him on any other show I'm like it's Cancer Man <laughs> right right it's like the mayor on Smallville in the early season. It's like oh my gosh the mayor of the town is the cigarette smoking man <laughs> yeah he was in an episode of Supernatural I'm like it's Cancer Man <laughs> it's always good to see him I love that guy William B. Davis what was your favorite episode uh, it's like picking your favorite child it really it's very difficult especially because there are so many episodes that are just so good I mean I, I'm tempted I, I look at the host you know the the fluke man in the sewers that that one freaked oh, me. Oh yeah. You know I think about home with the peacocks. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> the family, you know, with the mother. Didn't they the... like they had to not they they couldn't air that again after they played it the first time? Like yep. they weren't they... allowed to re-air it ever again. Absolutely. Chris Carter was warned never to push those particular buttons again. <laughs> that was so <laughs> <And> freaky. <laughs> it was. So I can't wait till my son is old enough to watch that. One. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love Bad Blood. That's the one where they sort of do these perspective, different perspectives, like how Scully sees Mulder. On the oh, that was oh, hilarious! And good. the guy that had like he had the buck teeth during Mulder's, yes, and, and he was Wilson. like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you with the government people, you know, government people." <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's a great episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved the one about um, like suburban sprawl where they. they, they, they the, uh, the 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 moth men were coming into the like coming out of the woods into the new development and they were like invisible and uh, that was great uh, you know there's so many just so many good episodes yeah I loved Ice the one with the the you may not be who you are right and then, um, there was uh, I love the one where it was like the stars were going 
in this particular alignment and then went to this small town and Mulder and Scully were just totally out of sync and at each other's throats and yes. everybody acted out of character. Yes, I actually we, watched that not too long ago. I was cracking up. That is a genius episode. It's called Syzygy and it's about, yeah, it's about astrology, how the stars impact them. And Mulder, yeah. Mulder gets all like horny and <laughs> <laughs> he starts drinking and, and, he, and he's like cracking, making cracks about Scully, about how her, her little feet can't reach the... the how that. short she is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just a great episode. That's oh, a, and when there was the one with bugs and a Dr. Bambi. <laughs> yes. The War of the Coprophages. Yeah, the, the, the cockroaches in the town. Yes. Oh, great. you mentioned some great episodes. And I, then I, what was there was one that was a, a ship that was a ghost ship. Oh, uh, now the one where they, it was, you think about the one in the Bermuda Triangle where they got like a disease and they like. Oh, no, I I wasn't thinking of that one, but I do love that one. Okay. Yes. And the one where they were on like the ship and they aged, that was dead, dead calm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. And then there's the the great one where they go to the town of like circus freaks. um, Oh yeah. Humbug. That there, you know, it's funny because. It went in the Jim Rose traveling sideshow. Yes. And they were like, look at him and Mulder at the end of like, can you imagine having to go through your whole life looking like that? <laughs> <laughs> and as Scully eats a bug. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, and there, there's the there's the magic episode. Um, there, you know, it's funny because, you know, somehow, and, you know, the internet, sometimes people just sort of glom on to conve- conventional wisdom. It's like, you know, the conventional wisdom seems to be that, you know, the X-Files kind of petered out after the third or fourth season, but it really didn't. You go no. back, I mean, they have a number of really great episodes every season. Yeah. yeah. For me, it just never petered out. And when I when I wrote my book, Horror Films of the 90s, I talked about, you know, the horror films in the 90s, most of them sucked before Scream in 1996. I because, love Scream. Yeah, Scream was great. But, you know, the idea was that in the 90s, it's like, why would you go to see a movie that you don't know is going to be good when you can stay home on a Friday night at nine o'clock and you're getting like, you know, you're getting a great horror movie like every week. Yeah. Like, I mean, X-Files single-handedly, you know, caused a recession at the box office and <laughs> horror films in the first half of the nineties. Cause it's like, Oh man, no, I gotta be home to watch X-Files. I'm not going to the new horror movie, you know, from Wes Craven or whomever, you know, yeah, X-Files uh, is why I learned how to program my VCR. <laughs> what the VCR? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about this. I was in high school, and so I wasn't going to stay home on a Friday night, but I also couldn't miss my X Files. Absolutely. And I learned that I couldn't trust anyone in my family to hit record <laughs> at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Gotta so see. I missed one episode and, like, had a fit and almost didn't sleep for a week. So. Yeah, it was ugly. So I learned to program that thing. <laughs> I, I don't have I don't have memories of like very often being disappointed by an X Files episode. I remember thinking, you know, more often than not, saying, "Oh my god!" You know, like <laughs> like After Home aired the first time with the Peacock. Oh my gosh! Like, are you kidding? Like, this is you know, this show is just like pushing the envelope. And, I know, well, I was watching, going, I can't believe this is on television. Right. <laughs> Exactly. It wasn't for you long. Know? It wasn't for long. And I'm a wuss. I don't. I like. I've never been a horror movie person, and so I was watching that, going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it was a revolutionary show. I mean, because before the X Files, you know, how often did we have, you know, that kind of serial storytelling, like the Myth Arc, where it was like over several seasons, asking for our sort of commitment to follow this one story, you know, and and we also it, it pushed the envelope in in terms of, you know, what we could see 
uh, on network television. Yeah, and I'm, am I remembering correctly? I don't think it wasn't an instant success. It was a slow burn, right? Like they introduced it in the summer or something, and and it it didn't have the best ratings at first. It took a little bit of while for people to find yeah. it. The first season was low rated, and it was sort of a miracle that it got renewed for a second season. Yeah, and and it, it, it's nowadays they cancel things just right and left willy nilly like crazy, Absolutely. and you wonder how many like gems don't get found because they just didn't well, stick Fox with it. Well, Fox tried to find another X-Files for a long time, but they yeah. never had patience. Well, you can't find another X-Files. What made X-Files great was that okay. nothing like it had been on before. So right. in order to find the next X-Files, you literally have to find something that is well, unlike anything else. Well, I guess, I, I guess Fringe would be one where they kind of hit a little bit. So. Yeah, Fringe is good, but it's nothing like X-Files. No. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. I It makes me sick. So I was thinking the 2000s, that was the time we were all supposed to be watching, you know, Firefly, Dolls, oh. and Harsh Realm for, you know, like four or five seasons. Instead, we got like 13 episodes, three episodes, you know. The, the, Wait, and, what was that second one? Uh, um, Dollhouse, Joss Whedon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I love uh, Firefly. Dollhouse uh, was good, but I don't think it was quite to the caliber of Firefly. Firefly was amazing, absolutely. But I mean, we should have had that for you know six seasons. You know? Oh yeah, hell yeah, for sure. We and Harsh robbed. Realms was a, a blip. Yeah, yeah. It only lasted three episodes, but they released it on DVD, and I, I guess there are about ten or so, a dozen maybe. And and like the show just got better and better, but they had no faith in it. They they just rip it off the air, and so you feel like, gosh, imagine how our histories would be so different if you know that's what how Star Trek had been treated in nineteen <laughs> or the Twilight Zone or. Twin Peaks, you know, it's just like wow, it's crazy. Yeah, there were a series of uh, shows I I remember watching. Like they would only last a partial season. It would be like I watched VR Five and Strange right. Luck, and uh, gosh, I can't remember what all else. And it was just like they just take them off the air just like that. Mantis. They had a lot of genre shows. Yeah. Didn't last very long. Gothic. Yeah, there were like all these great shows that came out around you know after the X Files proved that you could kind of do a a horror-ish kind of sci-fi show on network television, you know, like Dark Skies, Prey, yeah. Sleepwalker, Strange World, Brimstone. I mean, you can go on and on. And they were, you know, and, and just the networks didn't have any faith in them. No I liked one, Prey. I loved Prey. Oh, it, that was like so six good. Episodes, it, would have been, it would have been a great show to go on. I, I loved Nowhere Man. Um, you know, that was from 1995. That was on UPN. That was a show about a conspiracy. And they just... Uh, you know, the networks just weren't willing to give them the time that the X-Files had to sort of develop its, uh, its following and its formula. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the myth arc and such, do you think Chris Carter had any idea of where it was going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, I think he did. I mean, I, because, it, you know, it all, it all makes sense. It does. I mean, if you look back at episodes of the first and second season, like the, like the Erlenmeyer blast, like in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you look at episodes like, um, the pot, actually the pilot, the first one. And then like episodes like red museum in the second season, you can see like how all the pieces are connected, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it, it does make sense. I mean, I, I, I think that the reason that maybe there's a feeling that it didn't make sense among some people is that, 
you got to remember when we, I know for me, you know, when we watched it originally, it's like, okay, I'm watching it. And then next week I'm watching the next piece. And then that's the season finale. And then in three months, I'm going to like pick up the end of the story. And now. There's no binge watching. Right, exactly. There was no binge watching back then. I mean, I guess you, with your VCR, you could kind of binge watch. I, I was very good at stacking those episodes on a, on a VH, VHS tape. Absolutely. But I you know, cut out commercials when I was watching it live. <laughs> but if you didn't do that then I, yeah i'm sure it's like yeah because it's asking you to remember something like over you know a four or five month span you know or even longer than that over like several years for the whole myth arc so but you know it's now with netflix and and a whole new generation discovering it you know you don't hear those complaints maybe quite as much because you realize oh no i mean it, going through the myth arc is no more complex than you know, keeping up with Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or Dexter or, you know, whatever you happen to like and you're expected to sort of remember where the characters have been, the Americans, whatever, whatever you want to say. You know, now it's par for the course that we do that. The yeah. X-Files was so far ahead of the curve that people are like, oh, you expect me to remember something that happened, you know, three years ago? Well, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> are you paying attention? What's your attention span? You know? <laughs> Mine, I have to admit, is re relatively short. <laughs> My memory not so good. <laughs> <laughs> but you had that VH that the VCR to help you. The VHS. I, I had them. I'm telling you, I was good. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever do Millennium again, they should do it on Netflix or something. Yeah. Where they go really dark, darker than Netflix. absolutely that or HBO or Showtime, something like that. Where just let them do six episodes and make it be as dark as they want it to be. You know, I think so. So we talked about our favorite episodes. Was there any episodes that fell a little flat? I'm trying to look back and think about ones that for me just didn't come together. And, you know, and th this is my own bias. And so it's, it's more about the performer than anything else. I really did not care for fight club very much. That was the one with Kathy Griffin. She was like a twin. Like every time the two twins got together, it'd be like a chemical reaction. Like everybody around them would fight and beat each other up. Oh, yeah. I don't I think I remember. That. Boy, you th maybe I blocked that out of my memory on purpose. <laughs> you know, to, to me, it was, it was a Chris Carter story, and Chris Carter is a great writer. And I, I don't have any problem with the story. I, you know, that's why I think well, it may be. Well, Kathy Griffin is uh, a little bit goes a long way. Yeah, maybe it's that. I mean, I don't mean to, you know, be, you know, not nice to her. She just. She just I was putting it nicely. Yeah, right, right, right. I just didn't. It, she just didn't work for me in the X Files. And, and, and again, that could be my own failing. And not and not anybody else. No, no, I don't. <laughs> it's got yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> Herman suddenly pops up in X Files. You feel it's like it's a, a little, little off. off. Yeah, <laughs> I think I was. I think it was the last season. I just wasn't feeling it as much. The whole last season, for some reason. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think that yeah, at a certain point, you know, the way sort of we're wired is like we're looking for like new and exciting. And for me, the idea, even though I loved Reyes and Dog, and even though mm -hmm. those. Those, those seasons are, are really good. It was like that was the point where, like, the culture had moved on. You know, X-Files to me is very pre-9-11, but it continued after 9-11 for a season and a half, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or a season. And, you know, so, like, by that point, it was like we were – the culture was moving on to, like, 24 and J.J. Abrams' alias and things like that. And so it's like the X Files hadn't changed; we'd changed. You know what I mean? It was yeah, like, it, it it just seemed almost more innocent, I guess. Is kind right, of right, right. It was like it was it was continuing to operate, but like the culture wasn't there anymore. Yeah, it's uh, like that's what we used to think edgy was. You know, right, right. <laughs> 
But well, you know, like, they had awesome. a plot with Doggett. Right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. And I think that would have been a great theme to have stuck with. Uh, yeah, because they had something going with like evil as a contagion, essentially. But then I felt like, if I remember correctly, they kind of ended up letting that drop a little bit. Right. And didn't keep going with it. And I remember going, why didn't they keep that going? Because that was so cool. Like, that could have been their thing. That could have been their shtick. Instead of, yeah. like, you know, alien things. His was, alien abduction. Huh? Right. Yeah. Aliens were Mulder's shtick. This right. could have been Doggett's. Right. I, I mean, and, you know, you're thinking really well about that, I think, is, to, you know, again, to go back to the idea of the next generation of X-Files, that you do, you feel like when you want to sort of renew the show and, and still sort of talk in its lingo but not stick to the exact same things, you know, it has to sort of be a development of it. And that, that certainly would have done it. I mean, I yeah, think... Yeah, and I think that in a, in a, like you said, a post-9-11 world, if using that as a marker, I think the evil is a contagion because that was something that was just so in the forefront of everyone's mind right. that I, I think that that could have really been something. Yeah. I think maybe... It's going to be interesting to see the new X-Files because I understand. I mean, I think Chris Carter has really, like, you know, figured it out as far as, you know, the world we live in now. You know, you have to ask yourself, you know, about the, like, the national security, the surveillance state, that kind of thing. Yeah, we didn't have Homeland Security when right. X-Files started. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I mean, just think about... Yeah. Conspiracy stuff, yeah. There was yeah. no TSA. There was no Homeland Security. Right. There was, you know... A, so it's just kind of like <laughs> tons of terrorist attacks that could be done by aliens, maybe. Had, right. had FEMA dropped the ball on the Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, you know. Well, he's in a good place, I think, to do this because we've had a since nine eleven. You know, we've had a Republican president and a Democratic president, and yet, like, the surveillance state just gets bigger and bigger, no matter who's in power. Mm -hmm. So he's like in a position to where it's not going to be partisan or one sided, one yeah. way. Or one way or the other. You know, you can talk about drones and you can talk about spot warrantless spying, you know, because it kind of doesn't matter who's in charge now. We've seen, you know, whatever, 15 years out from 9-11 that we're not going back to the way it was. You know, it's, right. it, it doesn't matter who's in charge. We're, we're going much more deeply into this idea that we don't have as much privacy. Um, at some point, these things just take on a life of their own. It doesn't matter who's at the wheel. It's just on cruise control. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think that's, you know, I think that that's the world the new X-Files will be coming into, and I'll be so curious to see what Mulder thinks about it. And technology has gone a long way since then, too. You know, the show Dark Mirror, right? Is that oh, I love Black... Is it, Black yeah. Mirror, yes. Black, I love that show, yes. That's an incredible show. Yeah, I mean, it, those are concepts that they could play with. I mean, they did they did play with technology in X-Files, but I think they have a lot more content now that, to work with. Evil smart cars. There weren't... I mean, <laughs> the cell phones weren't even hadn't right. completely saturated the population at that point. Right, and you think about it, there was no social media. I mean, we the, the X-Files rose with the rise of the internet, it's true, but not the not the, you know, MySpace, Facebook, yeah. Twitter world, you know, it wasn't around for that. Uh -uh. I mean, even X-Files I want to believe the 2008 movie, you know, that even that's a ways back as far as where we are now, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's gonna. He, I think he's got a lot of good stuff to play with, and I think Chris Carter is an extremely smart and intellectual guy, and I think he's able to like sort of pick out these things in our culture um, and sort of tell these kind of twisted stories that reflect back on where we are. And I'm, you know, I'm just really curious to see what he's going to do with you know all these things. Yeah, I'm thinking Mulder probably feels the same way I do about all the technology. Like I'm tempted to just find a cabin in a woods off the grid somewhere. <laughs> And just like check the okay. hell out, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on any given day, I'm I, I'm close to it. I'm I have a feeling that's Mulder's mentality. 
I think you're right. I read some interview with Chris Carter where he said that you know Mulder wouldn't be on social media. I mean, I I agree with that. I don't I, I don't see him as you know <laughs> posting his you know what he had for lunch or you know. <laughs> Think about Mulder on Pinterest. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, well, I, I, she's not doing that, you know. Well, plus think about how much easier it is now to monitor everyone. Yeah. Because they give away their privacy pretty much. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, we, it's it's like the polar opposite of even of, a cell phone. I mean, you take a picture, and unless you do something to tell it not to, it'll broadcast where you are. Well, and I mean, now we we put G, GPS chips in our cats and our pets. We put them in cars you know we they're we're being tracked uh or you know we have tracking equipment i guess you'd say everywhere you know that's it i'm going to the woods (laughs) (laughs) i i know that for a fact because i did put a gps in uh into my cat because she's we have we have a cat who's like too wild to wear a a collar with you know my phone number on it and Mm -hmm. we just can't keep it on her she she wriggles her way out of it so the doctor like put a gps i thought are you kidding me she's like no now we can track her if she ever Oh, wow. It's it's like the fugitive with my cat. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think there'll be plenty for, for Carter and, you know, his cohorts there to, to play. So basically, like, it wasn't me, it was the cat with the one paw. Yeah, it was the, one, it was, it was the cat with the missing paw. Um, well, okay, so basically really... with us, you're Scully, because you're okay with most of this, and I'm Mulder. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, I think that everybody falls into one of those two categories. Everybody's a Mulder or a Scully. And uh, I think I am the Mulder in my family. My wife is more the Scully. Mars th- is this, this the red-headed Scully. <laughs> I'm the Mulder. <laughs> I'm paranoid and suspicious. <laughs> and, you Me know. too. <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> it's terrible. I'm sorry. I'm trying so hard to outgrow it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just not taking that, you know. I'm always going to be paranoid and suspicious. That's just how but I... you haven't been kidnapped yet, so it's working. That's right. That he remembers. <laughs> oh, now he's going to be he's missed, late going, if you ever oh, missed no, time. What if? <laughs> right. If my, if my clocks don't line up, I'll know something happened. To no, I, oh, I, now I, I've got the X Files theme going in my head. <laughs> but you know, on the other hand, the the Mulder is also the one. I'm, I mean, and this isn't. To, to put you in any way down, Marks, or my wife. But the Mulder is the one with really like the imagination, like the desire to believe. Mm-hmm. But 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 we're we're cursed because at the same time we desire it, we can't accept it if it lands in our lap because we're paranoid and suspicious, you know. It's yeah. like, right. Totally healthy. A Absolutely. totally healthy way to look at the world <laughs> and right. approach life. Terminally conflicted, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. That's what <laughs> I feel the need to find a therapist. Right. Well, my wife is a therapist, so you oh. can. <laughs> can I talk to so after her, this, please? We'll video chat with her. <laughs> can I talk to your wife? Yeah. I, I, I always say to people, I say, if you're, you know, I, I highly recommend marrying a therapist. It's really, it's just... No, I think it would drive me bonkers. I'd be it's like, actually... don't therapist me. <laughs> It, it, it's really, it, it really helps me. It really does. Cause, I mean, I agree with you. It's like, you know, you, they do that mirroring thing to you. So what I'm hearing from you is this like, oh, but, um, you know, but after a while, it's like, oh no, she, she, she's actually gotten to be so good at it that she is able to sort of lead me through my uh, crises and neuroses. And I hardly even realize I'm being led by a leech. You know? And you're a writer. So you're going to have a lot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've got like 50 years of neuroses I'm trying to work on here. <laughs> 
All right, so X-Files is about to come back. We haven't seen it yet. What would you like to see in this new form of X-Files? If, if not this, then hopefully hopefully they'll do, they'll do more after this. Well, you know, I, I do want to see a Monster of the Week story, and I know we're yes. going to get to I, I love the Monster of the Week stories. I'm very excited about that. Um, I, I'm really just... Uh, you know, in my work, I see so many movies and so many things, and there's so many remakes and revivals and prequels and sidequels and everything else. I have discovered that what I just need to do is, like, I need to put my personal expectations or desires aside. I need to sort of become – go into this kind of zen state and watch what's before me and, like, try to judge it on what is there, not, like, what I'm expecting – or hope to see because like that's that's like leads to the dark side you know it just really does that's just too way too healthy and well adjusted for me <laughs> well but it's the, it's the only way for me to survive because like in the last 10 years they've remade like every horror movie i love <laughs> in my life <laughs> and, that's, True. and in your line of work you couldn't just stick your head in the sand right and so i can't just be like i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it. you know it's like no i have to like open myself up take it on a case-by-case basis and 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 see what you know, what's the vision there and, and try to try to like tune myself to that and then, and then have feelings about it and not try to go in thinking that, you know, this has to be like, you know, the, the greatest thing, you know, this so has you're to be not like me in which like for me, the f- episodes one, two and three of star Wars in my world never happened. Therefore <laughs> I'm happy. If, if I ever allow myself to believe those things actually happened, <laughs> like my world gets a little sadder. I have tried to see, I, I have tried to locate the beauty and the artistry in those films, accepting there that. There is none! <laughs> accepting that there's a different aesthetic at work, you know, it was a different time, things like that. You know, otherwise. Be kind. <laughs> well, you know, because I do this, like I said, for a living, where I, I you know, I, I even hate the word critic. I mean, to me, it's like you a critique. Critique, not it's like, criticize. Right. I want to I want to be like I appreciate art and I want to like excavate the things that are good. I don't want to be the person that that just like sees the bad and tears down. I will acknowledge the bad, but I would much rather focus on on the good I can find uh-huh. because otherwise I'm just going to become like a horrible, like insufferable person. You know, that's, <laughs> that's right. I, I, and I just don't want to be that person. I don't want to be like the old guy. Like howling at the movies, and you know the, how, the howling old guys in the in the Muppets, the old guys up in the theater. Exactly, you know. Oh, saying, but I like them. They were. Well, my I like I like them too, but I don't want to be that. You know, it's like <laughs> where I'm saying, you know, oh, the movies were better in my day. You know, the TV shows were all good when I was a kid. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to be that. You know, my 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 beard is getting whiter and my bones are getting wearier. But I I want to keep my mind, you know, pliable and flexible and adaptive. Uh, but. We'll forgive you if you agree that those just should have never happened. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna tell you. You have to read my review of Phantom Menace. I can. I, there's a lot of stuff in the Phantom Menace that people don't realize. Don't. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. There really is. There really. Is. You find my review of the Phantom Menace. I, I mean, I, I I can't do anything to redeem Attack of the Clones. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I've, I've tried, and I can't. God love you for trying. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, have I tried, but. Uh, but well, hopefully you won't have to work hard at all for X-Files. Just the name alone. I mean, Just really, the name, the yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think the X-Files is going to be is going to be good. I mean, I don't I don't really have concerns about it. Um, I'm because, just looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's the original team. It's the creative team that gave us so many hours of great entertainment. You know, Chris Carter's at the helm. You've got Duchovny and Jillian Anderson. You've got you know some of the original writers. I 
you know, I, I think it would be sh- it would be really shocking to me, you know, if like the quality was bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it would just be shocking to me. Um, because I, I, that, I think it's gonna be good. Uh, I'm sorry, Mark. What was that? Oh, I think it's gonna be good. It is a little worrisome because Heroes Reborn didn't do so well. Yeah, but Heroes itself didn't do that well towards the end. It, well, the legacy of Heroes versus X Files is vastly different. Like yeah. When they lasted in, in quality and everything. Heroes sort of plotted itself after the first season and hung around for like a series of increasingly dreadful seasons. Yeah, yeah pretty basically. much. Yeah. Good you know? first that, that's season, a good way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see you can be negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, no, that's I, just I, being I, honest. I can, I can be negative. I mean, I, I enjoyed the first season of Heroes tremendously, but then it just oh, seemed, yeah. it seemed to go off track. It seemed to go off track. So, but I mean, that the, I haven't, I haven't sampled Heroes Reborn, but. You know, I, I I certainly would at some I point. I think I may have stayed awake for it. <laughs> Maybe one episode. Maybe yeah. one episode. That's how we judge things. I tend to fall asleep a lot watching. If if it <laughs> just well, sometimes to be fair, I fall asleep watching something really good that I like because I'm just really tired. <laughs> well, well, but there are some things that I've tried to rewatch and rewatch, and I've nodded off every time, and that's usually a sign. It is. It is for me. Um, and I'm reviewing it. A, a, a reader asked me to look at Hemlock Grove. <gasps> oh yeah. To me, that I can. Boy, I have tried. I have fallen asleep in the first six episodes. I've watched. Oh like really? A, I loved the, the first season. Was the best. Really? Was, I liked it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> it's campy and just you know. I'm trying so hard weird. to. I'm trying so hard to find the space in that because I, you know, someone, a viewers, you know, a reader has come to me and said, you know, what do you think of it? And I and you know, if people find value in it, then there's there's value there, and I want to I want to find what it is. And what's, what's fun about it is it just is so weird and bizarre, and just when you think it's gotten as weird and bizarre as it can get, it goes further. Well, <laughs> the the end of season two, two was about as bizarre as I've ever seen. bizarre. We just looked at each other and went, "What the hell did we just see?" <laughs> Like we could, we weren't even sure what we had to rewind it. We're like, I'm not even sure what the hell we just watched, <laughs> and it was just so crazy and weird. Like I loved it. Have you seen Teen Wolf? Yes, I've watched Teen Wolf. Oh, do you like it? Um, I, I, I've seen like the first three seasons, I think, and I really did like it. I okay, thought, good. We loved. I loved Teen Wolf. I, I, I would catch up with it. Uh, you know, we the way just because you know we've got a we've got a nine year old and. You know, we don't have that much time, so yeah. like we like like when a show becomes available, it's like we binge watch that season, and then like we move to another show. So we just haven't like cycled back to it. You know, we're we're finishing up, like we're now we're totally caught up with The Walking Dead, and we're and my wife loves Vikings, so we're doing Vikings. I wanted to watch Vikings. It's good. It's it's a good show. I mean, it's not sci-fi or hard. It's you know pretty much you know historical, but I mean it's it's nice and bloody. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> But, well, uh, I'm okay on somebody. Like, I, I loved Spartacus. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you and, know. And it's, the weird thing is there's a lot of stuff on MTV that we're liking. It was Teen Wolf, the Scream TV show. Chronicles of Chronicles Shannara. Chronicles of Shannara. You know, I have to catch up on the latter two. I have not even seen the Scream one yet. Oh, yes. you've got to watch it. It really, it's basically a reboot, which I was, at first, I was totally opposed to because I loved the original Scream movie so much. But they kept the, they just updated it for like this new world, and it's the same spirit, you yeah. know. Different it, characters, but same different spirit, characters, yeah. but it definitely hits all the right beats, and and it's just it's cool. 
You should definitely check it out. I'd be curious to see what you what yeah. you think of it. It's cool. If you like, I mean, I was kind of opposed to it. I'm like, how can you redo Scream? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's I'm, too soon. You can't redo it yet. That's right. No, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm waiting for that one, you know, just to land on Netflix or whatever, Amazon Prime or something like that. And We're cr- sort of stacked with shows. I, I'm really interested in iZombie, too. because it's from Oh, the, I love iZombie. Yeah, that's from the creator of Veronica Mars. And that's like mm-hmm. one of my shows you know i just think oh. oh veronica mars was just brilliant should have lasted longer absolutely i love veronica mars brilliant series just so good so so smart in the way it used technology and our changing sort of landscape for technology yeah. so I, i'm i'm really curious about that you know we, we have like all these shows lined up i want to watch i watched the pilot but i need to see all the new episodes of man in the high castle you know it's, yeah we haven't seen all of them yet you know, it's just like wow. There's there's a lot of good stuff out and, there. And if you like fantasy, you should check out Chronicles of Shannara on okay. TV. It's actually really good. Yeah, and uh, it's it's lighter than Game of Thrones, but it's <laughs> yeah. I don't like Game of Thrones, but um, and then if you, it's not genre or anything. It's a it's a it's a cop show, um, modern day, but it takes place in rural Wyoming. Have you ever watched Longmire? I have heard wonderful things about it. It is so good. There, it's supposed to be the final season. Will be coming on in September. We just we binge watched the first four seasons in freaking no time at all, and then we were like, no, now we have to wait like nine <laughs> months before before so, we can see the rest of it. It is awesome. It's got okay. um, Lou Diamond Phillips, and it's got Katie Sackhoff, who is Starbuck in Battlestar right. Galactica. Just so many other really, it's a wonderful cast. It's a wonderful storyline. Yeah. It's really good. I've heard amazing things about it. So that's, that's another one I need to catch up. We have yeah. so many things. You know, we, we just like capped off True Blood. We finally saw the last season and the last season that was horrible. Right? It was awful, yeah. wasn't it? Pretty it was rough. like, it was like they went on the internet and mined a bunch of really crappy fanfic I, and like I, put it all together in a season. Yeah, I cannot believe the quality drop. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot just, I can't believe the show just, I mean, it just plummeted to dreary. And every episode, and it's got to get better. Nope, it's got to get better. Nope. Well, we've was been, it, we've been it, here since the beginning. We can't stop. Was it the same showrunner or a different showrunner last season? I don't know. It was a different showrunner. I believe it was. But the, the last season was terrible. It, it was, was just god awful. <laughs> <laughs> the last episode. In it's like, is anybody even trying anymore? <laughs> I felt, I honest to God felt sorry for the actors. I did too. I thought, oh. oh we felt, oh, the last episode of Dexter was just an abomination. And uh, <laughs> I felt so bad for those actors. That, that's another one that just, like, you see, like, what happened? It was such a good show. And then it just it kind of... awesome show. And that last episode was just, what the hell? I keep hearing rumors that it's going to either reboot or, or return. Well, they just need to, like, redo the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the last episode was a dream. Last season. Really the last happened. season I thought wasn't the best. But then that last episode, I was like... What the hell? Did they get hit on the head? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it it went out in a sad, sad way. It just <laughs> really, and I love that. Yeah, and I go, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, it's you know, you just wonder sometimes. Well, you know, shows that are so good. I mean, it, it really does make you appreciate the X Files to some degree. Because I mean, you think about. They weren't making 12 shows a season. They were making like 24 yeah. shows a season for nine years. And you think, <laughs> yeah, you know, think, wow. You know, you might have some quibbles with cast changes or things like that, but really the quality meter stayed very consistent and very high through those nine it's seasons. It's nearly impossible. Right. When you, when you think about something that like that. That is an X-File in and of itself that they managed to do that. <laughs> it is. Good point. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> 
All right. Well, it's been great chatting with you again. And well, I have enjoyed it so much. We need to talk again soon. And before you okay. go, though, do tell that everybody. Great. Before we go, though, do tell everybody where they could find you online. Yes. Well, I um, I have the worst URL in history because um, I created my blog. It, gosh, it's been going for like 12 years now. It's Reflections uh, at Film and Television. Uh, you could just look up John Kenneth Muir on Google and you'll find my blog. And I'm uh, blogging every day. And this year I'm celebrating the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. So I'm reviewing like an episode a week of the original Star Trek. You can find me there. You can find my book on Amazon.com. And if you just click on the on my name, you'll see all my titles there, all my uh, uh, FAQ books and horror film books. So uh, that ought to do it. Great. Woo-hoo. All right. Well, Woo. thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you. I really enjoyed it. This was fun. And I will whistle the X-Files theme song now. <laughs> <laughs> I, what if we were not on the same key? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel Chain, author of the Morganville Vampire series, and you're listening to Genretainment. Well, thanks to John for taking the time to speak with us, and be sure to check out the show notes for the links mentioned in the interview. Uh, also, before we go, we want to remind you that you can always keep track of us by subscribing to us on iTunes or Stitcher, or by following our Genretainment Facebook page, Marks's Twitter account, which is at Mr. Marks, our website at genretainment.com, or you can follow all of the shows at scifipulseradio.com. Now, you can also find us with other excellent shows on Blog Talk Radio via the League of Geeks network at blogtalkradio.com slash leagueofgeeks. So that's it for today's Genretainment. We'll be back soon with all new guests from our favorite films, TV shows, novels, and web series. Genretainment is a production of Alien Jungle Bug Productions. Until Until next time. Ben Monkey.